But sorry, gear it, but gear it back towards uh, no, <laughs> no fun. Uh, oh, is this the right direction? No, it feels like the wrong. <laughs> That's the wrong direction. Fuck. All right, turning this back now. Alternate universe in there. No, I, I made it louder and so Oh, quiet. sorry, dude. I'm screaming. <laughs> so I, I wanted to, I wanted to continue the conversation by, by saying like, um, you know. Let's let's wind it up. Let's bring it back home by just saying, you know, the the most adventurous sex I've ever had um, was in high school, and it was in the closet <laughs> with with my ex girlfriend while there are other people in the room. Whoa! And I um, like that style of party. Oh, it was crazy. Where was this? Uh, it was it was here in my house. Awesome. And, um, comfort. There were other people in the room. Damn. And, uh, we were in the closet and they had no fucking idea. See, but the people in the fucking audience don't understand that this kid's <laughs> closet is like my bedroom size. Oh, so, no. Oh, is, it's a small this closet. Tiny. This is tiny. Really? Go all the way upstairs. Yeah, I've it's heard a girl say t- that before. I didn't like that phrase. It's much it's smaller than I thought it was. It's a smaller closet than <laughs> you told were, me it was. Those were just my keys, baby. I saw the closet's shoes, and I thought this was a deal. <laughs> a done deal. Saint seal of approval. Damn it. So, I wanted, so <laughs> you said that... The, would no. you say the craziest sex That's you've wild. ever had was... was uh, out behind the uh, the high school while oh. the principal is like right next to you. No, I don't know, man. I've had some crazy ones. I think one of them. You said during a pep rally. It was during the pep rally for the PSSAs. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically like you were our, getting your PSSAs. It was like from the, someone else. Yeah, it really was. I was getting a lot of it, but it was fun. And but that was cool. Um, but I think one of my other favorite ones from high school was one night like. In, when we were juniors, for some reason, this like cheerleader liked me, and I was like super hype on that. And I snuck. Tell her. me the name, I'll cut it. Oh, um, oh, I remember. And she was super hot back then. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. Short. Yeah, but yep. she was like cheerleader. I was like, oh my god. So I like end up like having her come over. Like she came over after she was. I picked her up from her house because she wanted me to pick her up. She was like drinking at a party. She's like, take me home. I was like, all right. So then uh, we came back. I, I drank. I got drunk with her. And then my brother snuck some kid over. And his room was, like, right next to my room. But they were being loud. But I was, like, hooking up with this girl. But I had a chair against the door because my mom would let us have locks on the fucking door because she was a yeah. psycho. No, no, no. Anyway. Parents need to keep an eye on I, their young. I know. But, you know, young me then says, you know, fuck. But anyway. Fuck you, mom. Yeah, seriously. Thanks for caring. God. <laughs> and uh, so my mom runs into my brother's room. And she starts flipping. She's like, who the fuck? Like, what's, who's this kid? Da-da. And I'm like, oh, my God, he knows this girl's in my room. I feel like you told me this story. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, but keep like, going. I was like, oh, please don't say anything to mom. Please, please, please. I'm like, he's going to fuck me over. I know it's going to fuck me over. And she was like, where's He was like, and I was like, this is it. She's busting in here. I was like, fuck. So embarrassing. And he was like, he's sleeping. He's sleeping. He doesn't know I have a friend over. And I was like, yeah, yes. 
You just broed the shit out of me. That was awesome. And then the next day I took her home, but that was the most dangerous. Um, I think in high school. Oh, that I absolutely have a moment like that in high oh. school. Uh, I locked my door. Uh, it was a Saturday afternoon. I uh, this actually might have been right after prom. Really? This might have been prom night. Prom night. Um, prom night. She told me to drop her my my girlfriend at the time. Uh, back off at her parents' house, but we came back to mine, and she told her parents she was staying with a friend of ours that went to the prom, too. And um, she was a year younger than us, so it was an easy sell. And uh, she came over. We, we, had, a, we had a bunch of sex. And, <laughs> Just and, throw that out there. And fell asleep. Nice. And, oh, no. And we wake up at, like, 9, and I'm like... My mom's already awake downstairs. Oh, no. Like fuck. Like we weren't. We were either intoxicated or just not paying attention. And um, I had to. She at one point asked why my door was locked, and I had to keep it open. Hmm. And my girlfriend had to hide behind the open door. Oh my god! In dude. the gap. Oh my god! Of. You know, when my door yeah. opens all the way, it swings and hits the wall on the other side. Oh, so in man. that gap in between the wall and the closet, she had oh to hide God. in there for probably a really s- scary 10 to 15 minute conversation with my, shit. With, with my mom the entire time. It's like sitting in a closet, you know, it's like she doesn't know that you're hearing this entire conversation of you just lying to your mom's fucking face about everything. Um See, this is the shitty part about girls, is that her, like, the door closing <laughs> and her busting up, you're like, oh, my God, thanks, babe. That was really, like, it sucks. hit a lot of your mom, but, like, that was really cool. This bitch is sitting behind the door like, I can't believe he's my- lying to his mom like that. Like, oh, my, my, gr- my girlfriend at the time absolutely was. And you know, the, the best, the, fuck? the best part was like, my she's mom, so innocent. my mom looked around for like evidence, you know, like oh, I'm glad, no. I'm glad like her dress was like in the closet. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad like her shit was hanging on the back of the door. My mom literally checked everywhere that is available to oh, the naked eye God. without opening the anything. Door. She didn't touch anything. She was just, looking. she just walked in and sat down and looked around the room. Dude, I would have threw up everywhere. It's it was the most nerve wracking experience in my high school. So anyway, I'll never forget it. But I wanted to say, sorry, I wanted no, I wanted to seg into saying, <laughs> just on paper, can we accept that the funniest thing about my high school experience is that I dated a fucking Mormon girl? Yeah, for three years. That was and, a long and, time. And above all things, within the first year. I was able to take her away from God. I was able to take her from uh, Joseph Smith's vision. Fuck you, Joe. And just, and we did nothing but have debaucherous sex with one another for like two and a half years. Yeah. And then at the very end of it, when we, when we broke up and she moved to the fucking golden home. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. She moved. She it. moved to fucking Utah. <laughs> yeah, she fucking did. She moved to fucking Utah. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, she did move to Utah. Yep. Sure. She continued to badger me for the next like year Whoa. about ruining her perspective on her life, and I Whoa. just gotta. I just gotta say, like, that's hilarious. That's cool as fuck. That's hilarious. I wasn't trying to be cool. I was trying to say on paper how hilarious. No, it is, is, but it's cool. It makes you cool to me. (laughs) I'm glad you like find it oddly respectable. Yeah, but at the same time, like 
this is how women are. Oh, they are. You were saying something earlier about it, and I'm just bringing it back. Like It's true. She said I was the reason <laughs> yes. for her lack yes. of faith. She's floating above you. She two had no choice. Years. She had no choice. Like I held a knife yeah. <laughs> to her chin and you said, did. have consensual sex with me. You fucking did, apparently. Um, I apparently did. Because the story she's telling everyone is that you fucking did that. Instead yes. of the true story. And she. the shittier part is, I guarantee you... The bullshit story she tells everybody about it, she literally believes. Oh, probably. Yeah, like, the most, it's the most crazy. People are the crazy. most manipulative people. Uh, I'm t- I'm talking about psychopaths and sociopaths. People, the the best part that you will notice across the board is acceptance in your own deceit to an ignorant ability that you've accepted yeah. the lie so yeah. much. That it is reality and you don't question it anymore. Wild. And for, you know, I just think it's hilarious. You know, it it puts, it puts religion in a very funny spot in my mind. Because let me tell you, if what we were doing wasn't right, then I don't want to be wrong. (laughs) And put that on a motherfucking (laughs) t-shirt. So uh, do you have anything in your life that is that like on paper hilarious when it comes to like having sex with someone? Oh, it could be a, a story or an experience. That's a really hard. None question. of this has anything to do with the episode. This is just the intro conversation. Calm the fuck down. And we also want to say that there are some real big piece of shit guys out there. But, you know, we don't date guys, so we don't have that experience. And we're also not pieces of shit, guys. Yeah. So you're, you're not going to hear about yeah, our shitty experiences. Yeah. I'm definitely not a piece of shit, dude, at all. So, <laughs> and, I def- and I definitely haven't done anything terrible to a woman ever. 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 I'm a fucking golden child. When we- okay, but anyway, I'm, glad I'm we're a- in agreement. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, pound it. I mean, pound me. Genitals. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dude, I don't know a story. You don't know anything. I don't know. Right, if I think it's mid story. Then I'll let's you know. just continue on with, you know. the, with the fucking thing. Then. All right, let's do it. So we're marching wow. along. This Jesus. is this is lots of pauses. Like how this is how I like to start the episodes. Like in media race in the middle of the conversation. Perfect. Just ease you into yeah, listening yeah. to us badger each other on a couch. Degrading women. Again. We um we have been partaking. Uh, I have a new stick. It's called Gushers, and I think it's with a Z. So it's uh, it's tasty. It's sweet. Um, it is succulent. And you were drinking. Uh, you drank a lot of bourbon on your. <laughs> you laughing? It sounded like you were just describing just like a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> My asshole. So <laughs> they call it Gushers for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm here with I'm here with Dr. Ankenstein, oh, aka the Drankenstein. Mm. And um you're your own monster. Mm-hmm. Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. So uh you've been drinking uh bourbon. Yeah. What are you you're you're a bourbon drinker, as we mentioned on your first episode. Yep. Let's give it a shout out. Uh 109. So if you didn't listen to his first episode, 
I mean, I guess you can listen to this one and then just go back and yeah. listen to the other one. There's no chronology. You should probably backtrack. You're missing a ton of the pre-story to our first story. Yeah. It'll make way more You're sense. You're missing a lot of stuff. It's episode 118. Yeah. You've missed a you lot missed of a shit. ton. Like, this is like um, Matrix 3 in the trilogies. Like, it had to no, happen. No, Matrix 3 is terrible. I know. But listen to my analogy. Just take my analogy and burn it. And that's you why you should listen Godfather to 109. You 3 and I would have had at least a little bit nah. more respect. This is like Toy Story 3. All right. Yeah, this is the, we've hit our we've hit our golden age when yeah. people care the most. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're a big Disney fan. I'm sorry. I have to ask. Are you stoked for these reanimations like The Lion King, Aladdin and Dumbo coming out this year? Yeah, I can't wait. I'm open for it. I'm uh, a 90s kid. You know, I'm a 90s same. kid. So I'm, and so I'm going to always support uh, adaptations of any sort. Um I, th- I think the Aladdin one has some potential. That looks so awesome. Uh, I love Donald Glover. Me too. Childish Gambino. Yep. Um, Lion King is going to be magnificent. That's going to be wild. It's going to, it's the same. It's John Favreau. You can tell they gave him Jungle Book and said, all right, now, if you don't fuck this up, we'll give you Lion King. Yeah. He came to them asking for Lion King. They gave him Jungle, Jungle Book, Book and they said, if he could turn this shit in, yeah, exactly. out of him, then we're going to give him anything he wants. We'll give him, <laughs> we'll give him Iron, Iron Woman, you know, like, <laughs> So John Favreau, of course, did a good job with Jungle Book. It actually was good, and um, crushed it. And now he's doing Lion King. So they already have the right person, and it's just gonna be good, dude. I hope I crush it like that one day in something like this guy crushing it. On oh, no. you and are crushing. No, it. No, no, no. I want to crush it that big. Like this guy's like impacting us because you know we're all '90s kids in our 20s, oh, okay. and we're just like getting. We're gonna go see it. Our parents who took us to see it when we were kids, they're going to want to go see it. Grandparents love Disney. Why do you think I'm writing a book, man? Dude, I, crazy. I want something that, that goes out there yeah. and exists. You know, much like this podcast, I just don't, you know, nothing's ever going to come from this. Except being except, sponsored by bourbon companies. Except uh, nostalgia. Yeah. I'm going to listen to all of these like 20 years from now and I'm going to ask, what so. the fuck was I doing? I hope that's and what you And it's going to be even funnier yeah. to me then. So, awesome. you know, and for other reasons, this podcast will always exist. It's true. It will be everywhere, much like now what I'm trying to say is I'm writing. I've been writing a story for a while and I've poured my fucking heart and soul into it. So I, of course, want that to be something I am remembered for that affects people. And uh, much like a mass shooter in a movie theater, instead, we're going to talk about the podcast. All right. <laughs> so, All right. So I was uh, like, I like where he's going with this. So this is episode 118, and uh, I'm here with Dr. Ankenstein. We're back again. Uh, you're a bourbon drinker. Yep. Is where I started this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, but we are also sipping... Some Scotch malt whiskey. And um, you brought a bottle, an interesting bottle to the table last time. And I was gifted an interesting bottle. Um, I was also gifted mead, but I drank that before you got here. Ah, dude, that's all right. Um, I, I love honeyed wine. Who doesn't? Are, are you a mead fan? Yeah, if you don't. Oh, it's fun. It, dude, it's 2019. It's if you don't like... Like gays and you know equal pay and shit like me, you just gonna be a ridicule. Like you, got, like you just gotta like me, man. Oh, you gotta like it. So yeah, I like it. <laughs> what do you What do you think of this uh, Scotch whiskey? It's really good. Are you? I noticed you drink quite a bit. I know that now it's at the perfect 
consistency where the ice has melted. Yep. And now you've turned that one. I was trying to describe the fingers to him earlier. Uh, One finger of whiskey is now two fingers of whiskey water mixture, and it makes the entire drink just cooler and nicer. See, like, you're on this quest to write this book and be remembered. I'm on the quest to see if I can get a ten-finger type of gal. Just both hands, ten. like a prayer. And, and we're back to the fingers. Yeah, so that's what, if I get ten in there. You're working on it. I'm in. <laughs> I'm done. You're working on it. That's where I stop, people. So. <laughs> my Mona Lisa. I so, so, I wish. I hope so, man. Yeah, dude, that'd be wild. So, what we're drinking here, let's, should I start with the bottle or should I start with the box? Start with the bottle because the bottle imprints badass. So, it's a beautiful bottle. It's the type of bottle I would want to hold on to after drinking it just because it's cool looking. Uh, it's a blue. I don't think it's a blue label. It's a light blue. Yeah, it is a light blue. It's um, like cloud blue. So it's not um, it's not top shelf shit, but it's it's not cheap either. I think it's a hundred dollar bottle. Shackleton blended malt scotch whiskey based on an antique blend of McKinley's. Rare Old Highland Malt Whiskey, the spirit supplied to the 1907 British Antarctic Expedition. Jesus. How fucking cool is that? That was awesome. That's manly as fuck. Um, the, the funny part about this is my last exhibition in art school was about H.P. Lovecraft's really? story about a failed Arctic expedition. Huh. So um, my installation, let me explain it to you like this, is you walk over to my corner and it's a sleeping bag torn and ripped with little bits of blood and shit. Hmm. And to the right of the sleeping bag is a weather radio that's playing air broadcasts of me disguising my voice like an old man of a guy describing what they're finding on land. Because the story uh, H.P. Lovecraft wrote uh at the Mountains of Madness, for people who are fans of H.P. Lovecraft, is about people going to the Arctic and un, you know digging up uh, an organism that existed before man, Whoa. before dinosaurs, before everything. And um, it was frozen in the ice, and pr- probably for a good reason. And the story gets worse and worse, and the people start to die, and it starts to experiment on people and abduct them, and all of this shit. And there's a whole underground labyrinthine city. All H.P. Lovecraft is one of the craziest writers. But I basically um, I got an old projector from the 30s or 40s, and I found slides. I went and researched and I found a bunch of slides for an Arctic expedition that took place in like the fifties. And so you walk over to my installation and there's a little projector projecting on the wall of actual slides clipping through of an actual Arctic expedition that happened while you're listening to a weather radio, um, broadcasting all of this shit. That's awesome. And in front of you are three to four files worth of my personal writing about what they found in the ice with sketches, wow. with, with diary journal entries based off of how I felt about the story. Damn. It was my senior thesis project. Wow. That's cool. Um, and, it's, and it's horror based. Off, I got an A plus. She, wa- she wanted to take it and put it in, a, in an actual exhibit. Somewhere. I would have failed it. For sure. She would, wanted to put it in an exhibit somewhere. See, and this is what separates me from her. I would have burned it. But like, people like you are too perfect. You can't exist. You can't have it all. So she, what she thought, what brought her over the edge 
was when I showed her like the 27 page journal that wow. that holds the key to the entire experience. It's a story. Yeah. Um, now I have to show him pictures. Show me news. Because it's the coolest fucking thing I've ever done in my life. Dude, that sounds amazing. How long did that take your ass? Well, it's the entire semester. It was my senior uh, thesis uh, project. Uh, so I'd have to do one, so I don't know. Art school. I, well, still, I just mean in general. You don't like, know how art school operates? No. I know how business... I didn't go to business school, but I know how business school operates. Yeah, I figure you go in there, you negotiate some shit, and you leave. I, I didn't go to nursing school, but I know how nursing school operates. Yeah, you just have lesbian experiences. Let me and explain this. Sit down each other. <laughs> nursing school. Art school is mm. you sit in a classroom and you're told your art is either good or bad for four years. Okay. And by the fourth year, someone better be telling you what you're doing is good or interesting. One of those, one of those two things. Okay. And um, you are given a whole semester to just work on something. Mm. Half the year. To work on something. Pretty wild. Um, and I did this. It's based on horror. It's based on a horror short story That's from cool. a writer in the in the early 1900s. That's pretty wild. Which is why I need to fucking show you. Yeah, I want to see it. That's fucking crazy, dude. It's hours and hours and hours of work. 15 weeks worth of work. That's wild. Dude, you know what? And this is... The shittiest part is, like, that's exactly what would happen. Like... Everything in humanity, like for some reason, every time like a big discovery is found that at that moment should just be lit on fire, like (laughs) that human that found it has like the biggest heart ever. Like if I was in that story and I would have found that shit in the ice, I would have been like, it would have been like, yo, what'd you find? I'd be like, fucking nothing, nothing at all. And I would have walked away and be like, the world is a way better place. But everyone looks down. Who finds these things? They're like, "Oh, let's fucking save it. Let's let's <laughs> dig it up and look yeah. look at it and poke yep. it with sticks. Yeah. And then nothing can fucking go wrong because I'm doing a good deed for this organism. It's I can't stand it. I fucking hate it. So I don't think the photo. So they did the photography sessions before um, we turned the lights off and did the exhibit. Um, I'm gonna have to cut some of the details, but it was called. And basically the entire exhibit was based around stuff you would find in your attic. Oh, that's awesome. And I took took mine as, you know, this cool old documentation. Whoa, that's cool as fuck. And, um, wow, dude, Jesus. And I still, I still have the radio upstairs and I still have the audio clips of, um, of me doing the talk, but there's the, there's the multi-slide projector, a bin full of documents, and there's even a lock, uh, a key. Wild. Get this. When you look at the documents, it tells you to read the journal. When you read the journal, it tells you to look at the slides. When you look at the slides, it comes up with a number, and the number tells you on what page in the journal to go to that's past all of the yeah. writing. Jesus, dude. This is, this, is, this is the video gamer in you. And the writing taped to the page is a little slot for a key. And if you use the key, you can unlock the box. And in the box are all the documents with even specimens what? on on the alien cool. that they dig up from the ice. Damn, dude, you thought this out. How high did you get to think of this? I was really high. Yeah, dude, I can. But tell. that's what the H.P. Lovecraft story is about. That's so. Wild. It was very easy that's for me cool. to say. It was very easy. Let me put it to you this way. It's my film student side. I said, "What would I want that set to look like?" So this is all shit I found and, you know, books on where, uh, books about the Arctic. Dude, that is insane. Um, you know, weird technology. Yeah. Let's see if you could read the writing over there. What is that? 
Is it Compass? Do not open. Oh, cool. Oh, that's a Miskatonic University. That's so uh, cool. Like, uh, I had an Edgar Allan Poe book on the, on the cover. Look at the fucking slides I found that actually like lit up and worked on. How did you find those? I just went from store to store to store of like history, you know, history based Hmm. knickknacks, you know, just, uh, supply shops, thrift stores. That's awesome. Thrift stores. And I'm sure you got to thrift like thrift stores in Philly, just full of shit. Yeah, but you got to like do a lot of cool shit, probably store to store, like go eat places and like get cool beer and all I, that. I gutted this radio and put my own speaker inside of it awesome. and hooked it up to an MP3 player that just replayed my um, my half hour track over and over. That's again awesome throughout the entire exhibit. Yeah, but you could only listen to it when you like got close to it because I didn't want to take away from yeah. any of the yeah, other yeah, yeah, people's yeah. experiences. Um, so what I ended up doing was interloping it with a little bit of music from the 30s and 40s. Oh, that's fucking awesome. So you walk into the room and you're listening to like... And you're like, And you're reading like files with blood on them of like of like explorers that went missing. That's pretty you cool. Know. That's really cool. Yeah. You'd probably love that. It was, my, it was my pride and joy and so many people... We're just fascinated by the entire experience. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so of course I got a fucking A. Hell plus yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, my crushing what, it. What brought it over for her was the was the diary. She, I think everything thought, was fucking cool. She thought my like I did it with an ink pen, an actual ink wow. pen. I wrote the entire thing. When I fucked up a word, I just scribbled yeah. it out. You know, I tried to make it look haggard i tried yeah. to like this guy's yeah, writing while aliens are destroying his crew seriously for real are you, you know it's gonna look like that friends are but dying. anyway we're wow. getting back to the fucking arctic whiskey i have here the 30s product of scotland another cool fact and on the back is a quote i believe it is in our nature to explore to reach out into the unknown and that's ernest shackleton and then on the label it says, in 1907, Sir Ernest Shackleton led one of history's most famous explorations of the Antarctic, ordering 25 cases of McKinley's rare old Highland malt whiskey for the expedition. Hmm. Inspired by this original malt whiskey, Shackleton offered robust notes of vanilla, honey, ginger, and licorice with a whisper of bonfire smoke. Oh, I love that. I do um, love that bonfire smoke, Cotton. <laughs> Dude, this guy got... He just wrecked his liver on that cruise. <laughs> he died from that's liver failure, for sure. For um, sure. Now I'm going to read the box, Screw because there's, shit, there's more of a story here, I think. Unbelievable. Uh, in the early years of the 20th century, Sir Ernest Shackleton led one of the most famous expeditions to the Antarctic, overcoming tremendous op- obstacles to ensure that all of his men returned home safely. That expedition is one of the greatest stories of exploration and leadership in history and has inspired adventurers across the world ever since. Shackleton ordered 25 cases of the McKinley's rare old Highland malt whiskey to take on his expedition of 1907, and in 2007, 11 intact bottles containing this perfectly preserved whiskey were recovered from under the ice beneath Shackleton's base camp. Eleven. 
he tried to hide him for labor. Later. <laughs> no, 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 later. The selfish this son of a bitch in the crew of any. This has inspired our master blender, Richard Patterson, oh, to create this Shackleton whiskey as a personal and deeply felt project. He has combined the best Highland malt whiskeys, allowing them to marry over a long period to create an enigmatic blended malt with a dash of body and a whisper of smoke. It has complex notes of vanilla, honey, and orchard fruits with real warmth and depth at its heart, like Shackleton himself. A contribution from the sales of this whiskey will go to the Antarctic Heritage Trust uh, to support both the ongoing care of Shackleton's Antarctic base and the trust's mission to conserve, share, and encourage the spirit of exploration, a spirit embodied by Shackleton. Now, now how dope is that? That's fucking dope. That story's incredible, but the thing I kept thinking about after you said the guy who's brewing it now, Richard Patterson. Yeah. Were you thinking of Robert Patterson? <laughs> no, no, no. It was way worse. Like, uh, <laughs> like if, if I were his parents, I'd fuck with him so hard, and his middle name would be me. Because then if when he's spelling his name on shit, last name, first name, you could abbreviate, like, Pat me dick. <laughs> Oh, that kid's so hard. You're such a fucking idiot. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, whenever my kid would fuck, I would be like, okay, pat me, dick. Like, <laughs> I would just use it against him for his whole oh, life. Oh, wow. That'd be That's awesome. what you were thinking about the, the whole time, time after I heard it. After it was all I thought about was the birth certificate signing, like, all of it. I would love it. Oh, on today's episode <laughs> with Dr. Eggenstein. We're going to read something very close to both of our hearts. Herpes. We're going to read herpes. (laughs) You moved to the school I had been going to my entire life. Yep. In the eighth grade. Yep. You were a twig. Yep. You had a mullet. Yep. And... Party in the back. You really, really liked my chemical romance. Yeah, dude. Yep. And, it's fucking uh, funny because it's so true. I still love him. And you, for for much of my life, I kind of always looked at you as a foil of myself. Like, we're the same card, huh. but cut differently. Yeah, like I'm made of a Wendy's burger. And I'm made of, like, a Taco Bell taco. No, you're made of, like, a beefcake protein bar. You sexy man. Absolutely not true. You sex. So you just sex. That's what you are. Pure, uh, absolute, pure case. One hundred percent raw sex. Sex. <laughs> sex Panther. It works sixty percent of the time. All the time. Uh, Life quotes, man. So true. Sorry. And sorry. <laughs> And we were very competitive with one another when we were younger. Yeah. And uh, it was it was both funny and shitty. Just so stupid. And uh, and I'm glad that we're friends now because it's it makes the entire thing a lot funnier. It does. And that's why I think I, I just put your name in caps <laughs> next to this fucking story. We have story to read it together because we had eighth grade math together. We did, dude. <laughs> We did. We had algebra yep. with Mr. <laughs> bang, bang. And I 
fucking hated it. I hated it, dude. He was <laughs> he was a piece he was of the shit. worst, oh. dude. I didn't learn dick in that class. Like, man, that was fucking bad. I remember just sitting in the class, and that was like the first time. In just going ever. like, what the fuck? Wait, so you're not able to answer this? Yeah. Why are you teaching Why this are you course? Doing this? Why are you doing this? But that'd be between like all the random like thirteen year old boners you'd get yeah. out of nowhere, and you're like, yeah. "What the fuck? Just what's going on Any now?" Friction. Not Any now. Friction it was awful, dude. I eighth grade, literally the first thing that like someone said to me when I walked into the classroom was like skater, and I was like, "Oh fuck, this is gonna suck so bad." This is this is what's happening. Yeah, because I like was all that's like, funny because because mine it was fag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For all- you. Yeah. When I walked in? No. When they said it to you? No. What? I, no, people have always called me gay my entire life. When? Literally all the time. Oh. Hmm. I'm not gay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have a very high register voice and I like yeah, me musicals. Too. Same. So it's tough. Same, bro. Um, I'm enthusiastic, all right? Yeah. Get off I just, my fucking case. Yeah, one day I'm going to hit puberty. Watch. Just watch, Mom. I'll do it. I don't know why you're talking. You and I were both tenor ones. Yeah, no, dude. Literally our entire lives. Ever since you came to that school. No, I mean, like, I have a high voice as well. Like, I know I do. Well, we both matured a little bit, but your voice is definitely deeper now than it was. Like, you know, just like six months ago. Because I'm a man now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man now. Um, but yeah, we, we have, like, everyone on this show. I need to try that. Sorry. Try. Really good. Just, just take- based off of what you told me last time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just take a little sip. Yo, that's it. Chew it. Swallow that shit. It's super, super smooth. Spicy. Is that what you brought last time? Mm-mm. I didn't think so because it's not. it doesn't have the fire. No, it's like a little bit more sweet. The it other tastes- one was spicier. Yes, it was. And that's still really good though. It's really good. It's better. I, I found that I like it's the funny most how three they're drops both- of water. It's funny how they're both very similar yet yeah, very different. so different. I just love the color of fucking bourbon. That darky, tannish amber, like... Red. Yeah, it's fucking cool color. It's fun. It is. So, uh, what I was going to say was a lot of the people on this show I've known almost my entire life. <sighs> Sir Booberry I have known since I was five or six. Jesus. That is the oldest I've known anyone. Dude, we're going on 13 years when you and, think about it. And we're going on like 2004. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like 15 years. It's fucking crazy. And um, it's wild. I think I associate my relationship with you more with school. Same. And with the other people like on this show, like we associate each other in the like shitty outside school experiences we've had with each other. So like with you, it's just all shitty experiences we had with each other in school. But it was like so memorable because we were there, I mean, there all were ta- the fucking there, time. There were, ta- there were other times too. Yeah, no shit. You but know, of we, course there but were. But it's true. But the, but the majority of our stories together are based off of our experiences in school with each other. And I think, like, there really couldn't be a better story to read. Well, I agree, because we, when you think about it, in high school, we, like, they say shit about, like, oh, football, practice, wrestling, blah, blah, blah. Dude, we were, we had to do choir after school two days a week. Yeah. And then we did another choir the other two days mm-hmm. after school. So that's, like, five there o'clock. There was the big group and then the, the selective sm- group. Exactly. Like, you had to be good to get into Yeah, so we did that and then... So- 
the competition started so much earlier. Yeah. But it was so like not even earlier. besides the competition, but we were just around each other all the time. And yeah. then that was just in the winter. And then that yeah. shit continued in the spring amplified with the, the musical. It amplified. And every Saturday, nine to three, yeah. like we were just together all the fucking time. So it was just, that's why we have a lot of there experiences is with one, school. There is one regret I have, and it's a, it's a lofty regret I, ha- I hold and have held over my entire existence. And what I'm going to say in association with you was my biggest regret in life thus far has been not recording the play I wrote in oh, high school. Yeah, dude. Like the on drama film club. or on audio, nothing. I never, I, it Why? existed. The school didn't record and it. I remember one of the nights I asked some friends to to each at different sides of the audience record so I can make a master cut of it. Yeah. And just they either didn't show oh, or, what f- or something fell apart. Motherfucker. And um they were people I would have given parts in the show to, part people even on this podcast. And it just didn't happen. So I remember asking someone's parent. So I know it exists okay. somewhere, somewhere, but I never got back in contact with that parent. Got you. And for the life of me, I don't remember who it was. Fuck. You know what? When you get it back, I hope it like gets like. I gave the... up on getting it. Back. No, well, there if you no do, I hope at the end of it, there's like a sex tape of that person <laughs> who had it. Like a little surprise. <laughs> like, Are you sure this is a blank tape? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. therein lies... <laughs> My biggest regret with you was not forcing you into a part for that show. Yeah, I know. Because let me tell you, I had like two pretty prolific people drop out like two weeks before we went to production. And my cast was solid, man. See, I just fucked up so hard. My cast was solid. I mentioned this on episodes with Scutch, um, but half the cast is even on this show. It's wild. It's true. Because... uh, just to say a couple of names, it's like, you know, just even just to name five. Um, and I was explaining this entire thing to Scotch, and where it gets crazy is I wrote a different ending to the show for each of the nights. Wow. So we not only had to remember one ending, but we had to very quickly know when this when the next one was gonna happen. Jeez. So we would rehearse the entire thing. Yeah. I, almost as if the endings would end and then start back up. Right, right. Replay. So on the second night, I said, okay, at this line, we're moving forward with the next part. So take your muscle memory and just mentally skip past the first ending. And we're going to ending two. Right. And everyone pulled it off fucking flawless. That's awesome. That's hard to do. Yeah. See? And then the third ending had, you know, third night had the third ending. See? and But like you did that awesome fucking thing. But... It also meant that you spent majority of your fucking time at that school. At that fucking school. At that fucking school, dude. All the time. Too much fucking time. Way too much time. We were there too much. Every time I drive by it, I'm like, dude, we just dances fucking. Dancing, man. Dance, dance, fall up, boy. I remember when that came out. <laughs> I remember you singing Helena. Oh, man, the pep rally. The pep rally. That was awesome. With, with, oh, dude, we had so much fun. It was, was good. Fun. That was you good. You guys did good. I think I'm pretty sure I saw the drummer at an airport and he just ignored the fuck out oh, of me. That's sad. Isn't it? I'm pretty sure he's married now. Yeah. yeah. I like I was like, I don't know if this is him. So I looked him up on Facebook and I was like, yeah, that's totally him. And I like went up to say hi, he just had his headphones and he wouldn't even look at me. I was like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? That's crazy. Like, bro, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. He did go that way. So. Yeah, it's fucking whatever. 
happens when you switch over to animals. That's what so fucking happens. the only happens. thing I hate more than that guy is eighth grade math. Yes. <laughs> anyway, math. <laughs> we do need to start reading. Yeah, we should. Dude, we just bullshitted for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. We got through the box. That was good. We that got was through good. the box. Pat me dick. <laughs> Oh my god, that needs to keep coming back throughout the entire story. <laughs> I hope that's our bourbon one day. Pat me dick. Pat me dick. I like to sit down at the end of the night <laughs> and have a nice have a nice cold cup of Pat me dick. <laughs> it's almost like a South it's almost like a South Park episode. Like, it is a little like uh what's Tegrity Farms? Yeah. Tegrity Farms. Tells you to sit down at the night with a little bit of integrity. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna say, Pat. <laughs> there's nothing I love more than coming home to a warm house, my loving dog, uh, and a nice hot cup of Pat me dick. You'd be like, you just, you just it's creamy it. translucence, almost like a almond milk. Always reminds me of home. And I get off to pat me dick. It's not come. <laughs> and and commercial. See? Pat me dick. And that's how we should write commercials. I hate so, commercials these days. Anyway, so we're going back to math so, again. How did we get off of it? Stay on map. We gotta stay on so map. So there is a pat me dick is how we got off. Of wait, it. wait, wait, wait. Can I tell you one more story quick? Yeah, you can tell me one more story. I want to So I went on that cruise or whatever. I don't want to say the line because I'm like going to another one. But, uh... So I got drunk, dude, and I steal shit when I'm No, drunk. say the fucking line. No, I, I can't. Wanna... I can't. Why? Because oh. if, we're, if we're advertising on Oh, here... that's true. I went on a Carnival cruise ship. Oh, and, absolutely. Oh, yeah, dude. It was awesome, dude. <laughs> dude, Carnival, it was the tits. We made a ton of friends. It was awesome. We had a great time. But, like, the second night, I got drunk, really drunk, and <laughs> I was walking in this hallway, and I'm a klepto, and I steal shit, and I just came across all this shit on people's doors. But... I didn't really realize what I was taking until the next day. What were you taking? Dude, I woke up, and I woke up, and the first thing I saw was a stocking that said Karen on it, but it was, like, all hand done, and her kids' little signatures were on it. And I was like, oh, my God. And, like, it's worse. It's awful. So then I'm, like, rummaging through the shit. I'm like, why am I a pair of 3D glasses? And I'm like, oh, my God. I broke into the theater on the ship looking for popcorn. <laughs> I totally forgot. <laughs> so I stole 3D glasses, and I watched a part of a movie. <laughs> What the fuck? Like, it's worse. So then I'm like, oh, no. So then I find this little life preserver, and it's like, Scott and Mary, like, lifetime together. And on the back is every cruise they've ever been on, signed and dated, handwritten by each of them. So they could, like, remember it, and they take it on every cruise together, and I stole it. And they reported it to Carnival, and Carnival made a Facebook post about it, and they made a Facebook post about it, like, what pieces of shit would take this from us or whatever? Like, that's awful. So they hand-drew another one, just so they could have the memory. Oh my god, I'm afraid to broadcast this yeah. because they might find out who you are. Yeah, dude, it was so bad. Dude. And I oh, totally, no, I totally want to say I gave it back the next day, but I waited the entire cruise and I gave it back the last night. I just wanted them to miss it. <laughs> now they'll cherish it a lot more. Probably save that marriage. Probably, yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> or I tore it apart. Oh no! What? No! What did you do? What? Did you return it? I didn't return it. 
You didn't? I gave Where it, is it to one of the Filipino guys who like cleans your room. Oh. So hopefully he gave it back. No. <laughs> he sold it for sure. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say he sold it for shorts. Oh no, he probably did. He probably did, man. I was going to guess for real. I saw it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's on his balls on the boat. <laughs> I don't need life shorts. <laughs> but dude, it was I'm reckless. It was bad. I feel really bad. I had to come clean with that. That is <laughs> hilarious. This is absolutely the medium where you can come clean about that. You are accepted here. Thanks, but man. now I know why I should remove what cruise line <laughs> yeah. it was. Yeah. Because I don't want any backlash oh, from that. Dude. Actually getting back to yeah. us. Yeah, sorry. Hilarious math. Keeping it all right. Good. Oh, wow! That's I don't know what made as me want to do that. As eighth grade math, almost <laughs> as bad as eighth grade math. Oh, how did we get on that? Sorry, math. Anyway, because, can you just read the? My name is story? Captain. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's okay. I mute it. Make sure you mute it. I hope you we mute uh, <laughs> we're gonna read a story here real quick. You are not gonna be leaving here in ten minutes. It's okay. Um. More like 20, but we'll get yeah, through we'll it. Get, we'll get it. Um, I hope this is written with an 8th grade reading level. Because I won't be able to read it, if not. I, I, mean, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say that I'm really stoned. Oh. And that's why I might not be able to I'm read just, it. Dude, I'm just stupid. Just straight brick stupid. 8th grade math, and this story is from Reddit No Sleep. Awesome. I'm 24 years old. I'm actually not. I, I am 26. Exactly. So the story's already a myth. And although this story happened a decade ago, that math doesn't line up. No. How the fuck are you in eighth grade? Aren't you 13 if you're in eighth, in eighth grade? grade? Well, if you're smart. I still remember it like it was yesterday. It probably was. Every moment is vividly ingrained in my mind. Etched there forever. Believe me, I've tried to forget. I was in the eighth grade living in a small Maryland suburb that sits about halfway between D.C. and Baltimore. That's about where we're at, right? But we're not in Maryland. (laughs) My school at the time was undergoing a lot of construction to accommodate growing class sizes, and because of that, some classes were housed in what we called temporary classrooms. Mm. They put you in a shack, son. Essentially, they were <laughs> wooden trailers in the parking lot. A shack, because we, you're trash. We uh, we got to a level like that Did in we? our school at one point. There Man. were um oh and yeah when the remember that got added it was it was garbage for a little. Oh bit. my god, I forgot about those classes outside. Like a gut. Yeah. Dude, that was fucking crazy. My math class was in one of those temporary classrooms. Our teacher was a man named (laughs) Pat Me Dick. (laughs) Mr. Peterson. But I immediately thought of Pat Me Dick. (laughs) Yes, I know the obvious joke there. (laughs) But I swear that was his actual name. Me too. Um, No one liked Mr. Peterson. He was a former college professor who, for some reason, had come to work at our school. I don't know why he gave up teaching at college, though I have my guess considering what happened that year. Okay, so... Did he fuck a student? No, 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 no. So we were in high school, and my fucking microbiology teacher, similar situation, was the biggest dick ever, but he went to Johns Hopkins. So he was like... 
oh, I, went, I got my degree from Johns Hopkins, and I'm like, bro, you're teaching a fucking public high school micro class. Why are you making my life hell right now? Yeah. It's ridiculous. I think I remember him. Yeah, he was like the dude with the beard. Yeah, yeah he had a male Japanese wife or whatever, he had a samurai sword in the closet, which I'm sure is illegal, sir. <laughs> Weapons around minors. Sick. But, uh, yeah, that reminded me of that. <laughs> like I said, no one liked Mr. Peterson. I don't just mean those of us fortunate enough to be in his class. No, other teachers couldn't stand the man. Neither could any parents unfortunate enough to have a parent-teacher conference with him. That included my parents, but I'll get to that later on. Drop now you might think we students disliked him because he was our math teacher. He crammed our heads full of pre-algebra. Pre-algebra Isn't enough reason for any 14-year-old to hate him, right? Well, that's true, but the problems with Peterson went far beyond that. <laughs> no, this guy's a pedophile. He would often show up late to his own class, which was a problem kids. because, as I mentioned before, his classroom was in an outdoor trailer. <laughs> the door was locked, and so we would be stuck standing around the parking lot waiting for him. I remember one time the school security guard spotted us and started questioning what we were all doing outside. He didn't believe us that Knew the teacher it. wasn't here until Mr. Peterson actually showed up half hour late to his own class. Knew it. That plus the fact that he was never a good teacher. He'd get angry over everything, and often he would send kids to the principal for no good reason. Once I asked my neighbor to borrow a pencil, as I'd forgotten mine, and he snapped at me for talking while he was, ta while he was talking and sent me to the principal. I think I honestly spent more time in the principal's office than I did in his class. Okay... I know I've gone on long, and by now I'm sure you're all rolling your eyes and saying this is worthy of no sleep, a crappy math teacher. Well, here's where things get creepy. In the class, there were three students who acted out the worst. Once it became clear that Mr. Peterson was a crappy teacher, those three students basically said fuck it and stopped caring. I was one of them. The other two were named Bethany and Jamal. I started... Oh, it started with Bethany. <laughs> I started with Bethany. Oh, that day I described <laughs> us all having to stand out in the cold for a half hour. Well, that happened more than once. About the third time it happened was in November. It was extremely cold that day, and the science teacher, Mr. Hall, happened to spot us and had us all go into his classroom since he had a free period. Mr. Peterson showed up, pissed that we weren't waiting outside in the cold for him. Bethany unloaded on him. She told him we were in Mr. Hall's classroom because we didn't want to freeze our asses off and that we'd be in his classroom if he had bothered to pull his head out of his ass and show up. You go, girl. Peterson sent her to the principal, as you'd expect. Yeah, probably. Well, the next day during class, Bethany shows up. We were surprised because we heard she was suspended. Her mother was with her, and Mr. Peterson went outside to talk to the mother. He nailed her. Naturally, every one of us got, a, got out of our seats, went to the wall, and tried to eavesdrop. Well, we didn't need to, because Bethany's mom was very mad and very loud. She screamed and ranted at Peterson, cursed him out in a way that even made our lockers... <laughs> that even our locker room talk seemed to Not the lockers again. <laughs> they, they speak to me sometimes. <laughs> it was weird. Peterson said nothing back. Because he was trying not to hit her. Bethany's mom ranted at him for nearly 15 minutes, and Peterson just stood there, ice cold. When she was done, he just told her that he understood her concerns and he would deal with them, and then he came back into the classroom, sat at his desk, and just went through his papers until lunch. Dude, this guy blew up the school. The whole time, the classroom was deadly silent. No one spoke. No one did any work. We all just pretended to. 
while looking at Peterson. He looked totally calm, but there was something intensely creepy about him that day. Like, he was secretly seething with rage, but the only indication was the rare occasion that he would look up at the class and just glare. Because he's going to kill all y'all. That was a Friday. (laughs) When we came back to school on Monday, our homeroom teacher told us that Bethany wasn't going to be back at school for a while. Pedophile. Apparently, there had been an accident. Oh! Her mother had crashed their car on the way home Friday, wrapped it around a telephone pole. (gasps) Bethany had broken collarbone and her mother was dead. She kind of deserved it. It freaked everyone out. What I remember most about that day, though, was Mr. Peterson's class. He was on time that day and he was happy. Extremely happy. At that time, I thought it was a quink dink or maybe that Peterson was a nut job. And he was happy that the woman who yelled at him had died in an accident. I never imagined the truth. But this has gone on way too long and I'm afraid of the too long didn't read. So I'll just end this as part one and I'll update again when I can. Hmm. Take it away, Dr. Ankenstein. Awesome. Part two. Bigger and better. Things went back to normal for the next few weeks. It wasn't until the first week of December that things got crazy again. Christmas break was coming up, and none of the students took things that seriously since we were about to have time off. It wasn't uncommon for students to bring Game Boys to school. Man, those were the fucking days. You know Game Boy Color? I still own both of mine. Do you really? Yeah, and all my games. Do you have, what's the one that came out with the flip with the light that was already built on it? The SP. Dude, that was the shit. Backlit still got mine, too. Are you serious? You still have the backlit one? Yeah. Wow. I still have the I have the original Game Boy. I have two Game Boy Colors. What? Um, my... I have my Game Boy SP and my brother has my sister's. I also have my DS Lite. Nice. Which was the second model and my original DS, but it has an ink spill in the left corner now. That sucks. And my 3DS was stolen and that's when I stopped buying Nintendo Nintendo, uh, handhelds. Obviously Nintendo's had to get you. Well, then I just got the Switch. Oh, okay. Which is a handheld in itself. Take that, bitch. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) None of our teachers cared if we played with them at lunch. Ooh, what kind of school is this? As long as they were kept out of sight during class. Well, like I said before, Mr. Peterson was often late to his own class. Well, on this particular day, Jamal got sick of standing around and decided to pull out his Game Boy. I really hope his Game Boy wasn't his cock. I mean, (laughs) Jesus. He just called it the Game. Yeah, he called it the Game Boy. Boy. It's probably that big because his name's Jamal. But anyway, when Mr. Peterson did eventually show up, he confiscated the Game Boy and put it on his desk. I'm really hoping they're talking about a Game Boy. Now, this wasn't un- unusual, but normally if a teacher confiscated something, they'd give it back at the end of the day. Jamal and I both walked to school since we both lived pretty close by and couldn't afford transportation. <laughs> I waited at the school, knowing he'd take a little longer than usual since he needed to get his Game Boy back from Mr. Peterson. When he finally showed up, he didn't have it. He was livid, saying Mr. Peterson refused to give the Game Boy back until one of Jamal's parents came to get it. As we walked home together, Jamal and I came up with an idea. He didn't want to get in trouble with his dad, so we decided that the next day, as class was ending and everyone was leaving, I'd pretend to fall and fake an injury in the hopes of luring Mr. Peterson out of the trailer so that Jamal could retrieve his Game Boy from his desk. Run-on sentence. <laughs> we figured it. We figured since it belonged to Jamal, it wasn't stealing. So when the next day came, we went with the plan. I was in drama class, so I learned how to fall on cue. <laughs> Truth. I thought everything went well. Mr. Peterson did come over to check on me, and I kept him distracted until I saw Jamal come out and give me the thumbs up. I even got to go to the nurse and miss part of my boring history class. 
We thought we had pulled a fast one, but after school, as we were walking home and talking, that's when the first really weird stuff happened. First, I tripped and fell for real. That's what you get, bitch. And I dislocated my knee. The same knee where I'd faked the injury. Weird. I can't even describe the pain. If you've never dislocated a joint before, well, you're fortunate. Jamal panicked and ran to get help, and that's when he fell. He wasn't hurt, but he did land so that the pocket with his Game Boy in it ended up underneath him. The screen got cracked, and while it still worked, the picture was all screwed up. I ended up having to hobble home with an arm around Jamal's shoulder for support. Not going to lie, I was crying at that point from the pain. And that's when I saw it. On the street was an old pickup, and in the driver's seat was Peterson. He was parked in front of someone's house, just watching us with that same cold seething he had the day in class after Bethany's mom yelled at him. At the time, I was more afraid of the fact that he might have saw us with a Game Boy. I mean, while we might not have considered it stealing, the principal probably would have thought differently and I didn't want to be expelled. Looking back, I wish I was. Maybe then I could have avoided the rest of it. I stayed home the rest of the week because of my knee. My dad wanted me to go anyway and just play through the pain. What a dick. But my mom thought it was best for me to just stay home and rest. I did talk to Jamal, though, and he told me that Mr. Peterson didn't even mention the Game Boy missing or that he had seen us with it. I thought that was kind of strange, but maybe he decided that we'd got our punishment from karma. After all, I really had injured myself like I pretended to, and Jamal's Game Boy was now broken. Nothing happened when I went back to school, aside from the usual stuff. Peterson got angry over nothing, and Jamal and I both spent a lot of time in the principal's office. Over Christmas break, I got a call from Bethany, which really surprised me. Although we were friends, her mother had died back in November, and she hadn't been back to school since. She asked me if I could get Jamal and come over to her house. I'd only ever been there once before and her, at her birthday party back in elementary school, but I told her we'd be there. So I got Jamal, and we rode our bikes down there. I remember when we knocked on the door, she looked fucking terrible. It was obvious she'd been crying a lot, but she looked thinner too, like she hadn't eaten. That's usually what happens. Her eyes had dark circles, and I had a feeling she hadn't slept either. She also had a scar visible on her shoulder. She ushered us into the house quickly and took us to her bedroom. She told us to sit down, and she asked about Peterson. She asked if he had been unusual or if anything weird happened. I told her about the Game Boy incident and how we'd seen Peterson when we both fell. Her face turned white, and she started muttering under her breath. I was pretty creeped out by this point. I asked her what was wrong, and that's when she told me about the car accident. Just before her mother swerved off the road and hit the telephone, she swore she heard Peterson's voice. She said it was him yelling, and that in the same moment he yelled, her mother hit the pole. Whoa. Basically, she said Peterson caused the accident. I didn't know what to think. On the one hand, it sounded crazy. It didn't make any sense. And Bethany had been injured and was going through the death of a loved one. But on the other hand, I couldn't help but think about how when Jamal and I both fell, within less than a minute of each other, Peterson had drove by. I wasn't sure what to say exactly, but Jamal asked her when the accident actually happened and if it was possible Peter Peterson had been driving by them. I guess he was remembering what happened to us too, and that's when Bethany told us something I hadn't known. I knew the accident happened the same day that her mother had come to school. What I didn't know was that it happened on their way home, just minutes after her mom yelled at Mr. Peterson. During the same, that Peterson was just sitting there in the classroom with that cold scene look on his face, not saying a word to anyone. Probably at the same time. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck you for your shitty writing. (laughs) I went home not long after that. Bethany told me to watch out for Peterson, that he had caused all of it. I didn't know how that would be possible, and then I didn't know what to think. Okay, this is really getting along again, so I'm just going to leave it be here for now and update as soon as I can. I like it. Fucking cock. I've taken piss so bad. 
stalled. Faking the injury. See what happens. Much better. I'm glad. I feel so much lighter. I wish I could tell you that things improved over Christmas break, but they only got worse. The first night of Christmas break, I went to sleep only to have the most bizarre nightmare of my life. In the dream, Peterson was just standing there in the same tacky suit he always wore. He just kept shouting, punishment. The thing is, it wasn't like a normal shout. It was like a screech, very loud, very shrill. For some reason, all I can think of is lemon grab from Adventure Time. Hilarious. Unacceptable! Yes! Punishment! 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 Awesome. <laughs> I woke uh, up no, almost immediately, and I was terrified. It took nearly an hour to get back to sleep, and as soon as I did, I had the same nightmare. Needless to say, I didn't sleep that night. That and since sucks. I couldn't sleep, I went out to the living room to play some SNES, yeah. some Super Nintends, and calm my nerves. My dogs, I had two Labradors, instinctively followed me and sat on the couch on the other side of me. They were guarding you. I just sat there in the dark playing Super Mario World, fucking one of the best. Awesome. With the sound muted so I wouldn't wake my parents. God, what a 14 year old thing to do. Now our living room had a big front window. It took up a pretty good deal of the wall and gave a great view of the yard and the street out front. At night, we'd always keep the curtain drawn, but suddenly both of my dogs jumped off the couch and rushed over to the window. They kind of pushed under the curtain and just started barking and hopping up on the window with their front paws in the glass. Hell no. Yeah, I don't like nah, that. I, nah. I had I no idea what was going on. My, my chocolate lab liked to go out through the doggy door to our backyard and bark, but they never just went through the window and barked it. Went to the window and barked at it. Nah. I ran over to the window and looked over to see what was happening, and there was a pickup truck parked in the middle of the street right in front of my house. It looked a lot like Peterson's truck. I couldn't see the driver, but it was enough to freak me out. Naturally, my parents came out of their room pretty quick, and they were pissed to me awake in the middle of the night playing games. Oh, yeah. I freaked out and tried to tell them that there was a truck parked in front of our house, and my dad looked out the window since my dogs were freaking out. But the truck was gone. I guess it drove away when I turned to see my parents. That was the beginning of the really unsettling stuff. I was freaked out. I didn't sleep that night, I just tossed and turned. The next day I met Jamal at a pizza hut Hell yeah. that was within bike riding distance of our neighborhood. Our plan was to get some pizza and head back to his house and talk about all the weird stuff. I told him about seeing who I thought was Peterson outside. As we were leaving, I suddenly felt a lot of pressure on my knee, and it was like someone was squeezing it, and naturally I went down quick. Landing face first in the pizza and cursed up a storm. Hmm. As Jamal helped me back up, that's when we saw him. Peterson was in his pickup, parked on the other side of the parking lot and staring at us with the same cold, seething stare. Of course, I had already hurt my knee the other day, so at this point it wouldn't be a stretch to think I was just overexerting my injury, but I swear to you it felt like there was a hand grabbing my knee and squeezing it. Dude, this guy just loves to trip people. I ended up going home. Yeah. What a dick. The accident <sighs> tripped, tripped up that mom pretty good. Yeah, he fought you. Dude, he tripped her right into death. I ended up going home, <laughs> staying in bed all day with my leg up and ice on my knee. The nightmares came back that night and the next night. By the time Christmas break was over, there had only been a few nights when I actually slept. Christmas Eve and Christmas I was able to sleep through, and for a few days the nightmares only happened once or twice. But for the majority of our time off school, I had nightmares. 
When school started up again, I was surprised to see Bethany was back. She didn't say a word to me all day until lunch when she got me and Jamal to follow her into one of the bathrooms. Double team. The three of us hid in the bathroom stall, and we soon found out Bethany had been having the same nightmares we had. Bethany was convinced that Peterson was responsible for everything. I have to admit it, the way she explained it, it was creepy. Jamal stole his Game Boy back, and then Jamal... Jamal's Game Boy gets broken. I fake a knee injury to distract him so Jamal can steal the Game Boy, and then I start suffering real knee injuries. Not to mention Bethany's mom yells at him, embarrassing him at his job, and she dies in a car accident. You think you went a little OD on her? Of course, Peterson. It's all varying degrees of fucked up, though. I think Jamal's got it the easiest for probably doing something the worst. The worst, yeah, right. Of course, Peterson hadn't actually done anything. The most he ever did was just stare at us. Yeah, it's really pedophile. Bethany was convinced he had caused all of it somehow. At this point, I believed her. Too much weird shit was happening. Right as we're in the middle of this discussion, someone knocks on the stall door, and I swear I hadn't even heard anyone enter the bathroom. Three sets of leg under the stall is pretty obvious that something unusual was happening, but we thought we might be able to just stay quiet and keep the door locked, and suddenly the door opened. Jamal later swore to me that he had locked it, and I believe him. I'm sure it comes as no surprise that Peterson was on the other side of the door, and he just stared at us. And then he just kind of smiled and said we were all in a lot of trouble. Well, we were. Two boys and a girl, all known (laughs) troublemakers, caught in the bathroom stall instead of being at lunch. Well, it's lunchtime. I don't think anyone would actually give a shit. The principal just assumed something sexual was happening. Wouldn't you? Schools are pretty strict about that stuff, and we we all got in a lot of trouble. Dude, you're getting double-teamed. We were all suspended for two weeks. I got lucky that my dad didn't get mad. He assumed that I was a curious 14-year-old, and really the worst of my punishment was having to have have the sex talk again and him telling me not to do that kind of stuff at school. Awesome. Jamal wasn't... Yeah, I remember uh, in in high school, my dad absolutely knew I was having sex with my girlfriend and just told me to be safe about it. Same. And then uh, later in college, had zero problem with me bringing girls back to his house. Right, same. Like different girls every fucking two weeks. Yeah, they just, it's because they're your boy at that point. He didn't give a shit. And no. In fact, I think he was slightly proud. Like, yeah, he always thought he I was, was gay or something. What? No, I, I, no, he's just a proud, he's like, yo, it's awesome he's taking advantage oh, of that age did, group. What? Yeah, he is. Jamal wasn't so lucky. Grounded. His mom freaked out and grounded him. No phone, no leaving the house. Damn. Bethany, well, her dad was already a wreck. He took her mom's death really hard, and when he heard why she was suspended and that it involved Jamal and I, who had become frequent guests at her place over Christmas break, he just assumed that we were trying to take advantage of her grief. Wow. We were forbidden from going over there, and worse yet, I found out Bethany's dad decided to move to Virginia, and they were going to leave immediately. Well, immediately meant a couple weeks, but that was still really fast and just to just up and move. So I spent the next two weeks at home, hanging out with the neighbor kids. I didn't tell them about any of what was happening, doubted they believed me anyway. One of my neighbors was named Matt, and we hung out on occasion. We weren't super close, but Matt's dad was a big computer guy, so Matt had a lot of really cool games, and although it makes me sound terrible, I pretty much hung out with him to play with his stuff. I I know, but I was 14, and I admit I was an asshole. I was hanging out at Matt's house one day. It was after school hours, although I was still suspended. It was my turn to play on the computer, so Matt goes to walk his dog. While he's gone, I get up to use the bathroom, and suddenly my knee gives out. 
I feel the same squeezing sensation I felt at that Pizza Hut, uh, except instead of in my asshole, it was in my leg. Yeah. Because Pizza Hut will do that to you. But it feels so good. I fell into the table, knocked over his computer monitor. I ended up banging up my left arm pretty badly and breaking the monitor. Matt comes back and he freaks out, starts yelling at me. He's pissed that I broke his dad's computer. I explained it was an accident, but he didn't care. Kicked me out and told me to expect his dad would be at my place when he got home. Yo, his gas is gonna so I was walking home. Matt lived only one street over, and then I see him. Peterson. He's sitting at the end of the street in his pickup, staring at me. I knew, I knew that somehow, as strange as it sounds, he was making my knee hurt. He was squeezing my knee somehow without ever actually physically touching me. I freaked. I'd have to walk right by him to get home. I waited for him to leave, but he didn't. He just sat there on the side of the road staring at me, and after ten minutes of this I turned and just walked down another street. I didn't know where I was going, I just wanted to be away from him. I knew that if I got near his truck something bad was going to happen. I couldn't get to Jamal's house since he lived on the other side of me. I decided to get to Bethany's. If you recall, she lived further than the neighborhood where Jamal and I lived. It wasn't terribly far, but I was used to riding my bike down there. I never walked that far before, especially not in pain, but somehow I made it. Twice along the way, I thought I saw Peterson's truck behind me, but he'd turned down a side street whenever I turned around. I don't have words to describe how scared I was. I was hurt, alone, and it was getting dark and my teacher was stalking me, and I was convinced he had the power to hurt me without ever touching me. And I should point out, I don't have a cell phone. I didn't get one of those until I started college, so I had no way to contact my family, the police, or anyone. I made it to Bethany's house, and by the time I did, it was dark outside. I knew Bethany's dad had forbidden me from coming over, but to my relief, when I got there, his car was gone. I knocked on the door, and Bethany answered. I told her what happened, and that I was pretty sure Peterson was following me. She asked me what I wanted to do, and if we should call the police, but I knew they wouldn't believe us. We were a couple of 14-year-olds, known troublemakers, on suspension, and everyone assumed she was just acting out over her mom's death. Even if we'd be honor roll students, would the cops believe that a teacher was somehow hurting me without ever touching me? Yes. Bethany told me- actually, they would. Bethany told me that they were moving soon. She was in tears, saying that she couldn't believe Peterson was going to get away with all of this. And I told her I'd do whatever I could. But I didn't know what I could do. He was a teacher. Sure, nobody liked him, but he still had more credibility than I did. All the- all that Bethany has to do is say that she touched him yeah, appropriately once, yep. and there goes his job no. and his entire career. No, fucking Jamal needs to say he racially he profiled me, dick. and then he touched my dick. I called my dad, had him pick me yeah. up, and he was pissed. Yeah. Both because he knew I wasn't supposed to be at Bethany's house and because Matt's dad had called. Now I was in trouble and I spent the rest of my suspension grounded. No, it's your dad thought you were banging a dude again. <laughs> <The stall. laughs> the nightmares kept coming. Some nights they wouldn't, they just keep coming. Some nights they wouldn't come and I'd sleep okay. But most nights, most nights, I only got at most three hours of sleep. Not three hours in a row, but three hours total. The rest was the nightmares and trying to go back to sleep. By the time my suspension was over, I was a wreck. Bethany had moved away. Jamal was keeping his distance, too. I guess his parents told him to stay away from me because they blamed me for him getting in trouble. 
So I was alone, really. With so little sleep, my grades were falling. I started drinking copious amounts of soda for the caffeine since I wasn't sleeping well, and that made me start gaining a lot of weight. I sort of became alone, not talking to anyone, barely paying attention to class, and then I shot up a school. <laughs> exactly, dude. And then I, I blew up a movie theater. Did I mention that I go to Parkland? Yeah, exactly. By February, it was obvious something was wrong with me. My parents assumed I was struggling in school, and turns out the school started worrying about my home life. Mr. Hall, my science teacher, eventually had me go to the office at lunch. He asked me what was wrong, but I brushed it off. That's when he asked me a question that made my jaw drop. Does this have anything to do with Mr. Peterson? I can't really describe what that moment was like. Like I said, I never thought of telling anyone about Peterson since I didn't think anyone would believe me. But now I had an adult, my beloved science teacher, asking me if Peterson was a part of the problem. So I just nodded. I wasn't about to tell him that I thought Peterson had been harassing me for months or that I I thought he had some kind of power to hurt me from long distances or that I thought he had somehow killed Bethany's mother. It's telekinesis! Jesus. Mr. Hall got this odd look on his face. He just kept staring at me. After what seemed like an eternity, he finally told me that I should go to his house after school. Now all the teachers want to touch the students. They just all want to fuck this That it wasn't safe to talk here. Oh my... But we can talk there. Unbelievable. And he goes! Before everything with Peterson, I would have been weirded out by a teacher asking me to come to the house. But if if there was a chance that Mr. Hall could help, I had to try it. Wow. I was alone and miserable and I needed help. After school, I met him in the parking lot and went with him to his house. (laughs) On the way, I thought I saw Peterson's pickup behind us, but when I tried to tell Hall, he just shushed me told me not to talk. Hall totally knew he was following them. He definitely did. I have to admit, I was terrified. Mr. Hall was a big guy. He had been in the army when he was younger, and he looked like he could still fight if he wanted to. When we got to his house, he ushered me inside and took me into his living room. He's gonna give you that potion. He sat down and he asked me to tell him what was really going on, and I remember his exact words. Tell me the truth. Even if you think it sounds unbelievable, if you lie to me, I can't help you. So I told him. Everything I've told you, I told him. He sat there totally quiet, not moving, not questioning, and never looking away. He didn't even raise his eyebrows when I told him how I thought Peterson was hurting me without ever being near me, or how I suspected Peterson had killed Bethany's mother somehow. I sat there and I half expected him to call me crazy, but instead he patted me on the shoulder and thanked me for being honest. And then he told me what he believed. And then he told me. And then he told me that he believed me. (laughs) He believed right in me. I was amazed. Without thinking, I just blurted out why. Just sounds like a rape scene. (laughs) And then he put all of his belief in me. All of it. And he told me. Dick. Apparently, Mr. Hall used to teach at the same college where Mr. Peterson taught. He said that he had known... He had... He had never known Peterson back then, aside from a few times they passed each other on campus. 
He also told me that there had been a couple of very strange accidents at the college. There had been a rash of vandalisms at the college campus. Some students were breaking into classrooms and spray painting things on the walls, breaking equipment, breaking into teachers' desks, stuff like that. The last classroom that was broken into was Peterson's. Two days later, three students, apparently drunk, crashed their car into one of the campus buildings. All the students died, and some stolen items from the teachers were found in the trunk, along with spray paint in the back seat. They had been the vandals. The whole campus was horrified except Peterson, who Hall described as being exuberant in his happiness the day after the accident. Hall wrote it off as Peterson being a weirdo. Later, the campus let several teachers go, Hall and Peterson included. The next day, the administrator who had made the cuts fell down the stairs. Hall and another fired professor had been waiting near the door to talk to him when he fell. They checked on him, and Hall went to get help. He said when he left the building, he saw Peterson just standing in the middle of the grounds, staring at the building. He described the same cold, seething glare I had described Peterson having. I was astonished as Hall finished the story. He told me that he and Peterson both ended up at my school as just a coincidence. He also told me that he had been keeping an eye on Peterson ever since he saw the way he could always show up late and leave his class out in the cold. I didn't know what to say. I asked Hall how Peterson could be doing this, and he told me he had no idea. That wasn't the answer I was hoping for, but it was nice to have someone, an adult, who believed me. Finally, I started getting worked up. I told Hall we had to do something. If he believed me, if he knew Peterson was somehow responsible, then we had to stop him. Go to the police. I figured they'd have to believe Mr. Hall. He was a teacher. He was a veteran. I was convinced the police would listen. Hall brought me crashing back down to reality when he pointed out that Peterson hadn't done anything. He never actually laid his hands on me, and there was no way we could prove the accidents had actually been caused by him. Hall drove me home and told me to keep my chin. Everything would be fine. I think he meant to say chin up, but really it just sounds like he's touching his chin a bunch and yep. do, doing stuff to his mouth. He's fucking his mouth. I wasn't convinced, but that night I didn't have the nightmares. I was confident for the first time in a long time that maybe this would all work out. The next day, as I'm leaving Peterson's class, he tells me stay behind. I suddenly became a nervous wreck. Everyone else shuffled out, and the next period wouldn't be showing up until after lunch. Peterson asked me why I had been at Hall's house. Now I was scared. I told him I hadn't been at Hall's house, and that's when my knee started hurting again. Oh my god. I fell to the floor, Peterson just glaring at me. I tried to scream, but no sound came out. After a minute, the squeezing sensation stopped. Peterson kind of shuddered and then he spoke. He told me that he wasn't a fool and that he knew I knew more than I should. He told me that I was clumsy and that I kept up this pace I might have a serious accident. I knew what he was really saying. If I didn't stop poking my nose into his business, I was going to die. I asked him why me? What have I ever done to put to get shit what had I <laughs> to get shit on to get the Cleveland steamer on By my Mr. chest Peterson hold happy dick Pat. I said hold my dick hold my hold Pat. dick Pat hold Pat. me dick Pat hold me dick <laughs> you tell me that's not his Irish what dick, had though. what had I ever done to get on his shit list I asked I asked me why <laughs> I asked why my dreams kept screeching I <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. It's not me, folks. It's actually the writing. It's the pet. I asked him why in my dreams he kept screeching punishment at me. Punishment! <laughs> His answer was not what I expected. I'm guessing it's not what you expect either. He said I was the perfect example of what was wrong with kids these days. That I was rude. That I had no respect for authority. That I was a troublemaker. A slacker. And that kids like me were a disgrace. No, truth. Now, I don't deny his charges. I was rude and a slacker. And I had no respect for authority. That's all true. I was a 14-year-old boy. In pre-algebra. But it amazed me that that was his answer. That was why he was so mad. I hadn't done anything of real consequence. I hadn't hurt him in some way. I'd certainly made some pretty rude jokes about him, but everyone did. Apparently, I wasn't anything special. I hadn't done anything more than anyone else. He just chose to single out me, Jamal, and Bethany. I guess he thought we were the worst of his students. Maybe we were, but none of us did drugs. Drugs are okay, kids. Do all the drugs. Just go to class. If you need to cope with your shit, drugs are the least of your issues. For real, though. I'm talking soft shit. Yeah, like, like don't. Like fucking weed. Yes. Like, fucking do it. Tell D me. Dare, dare to do weed. Seriously, smoke a joint and tell me you won't solve all your problems. You're going to do it with a bag of shitty chips, some soda you found in the bottom of the fridge, and it's going <laughs> to taste awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I got in a couple fights, and so did Jamal, but way less than some students. But somehow to him, we deserved punishment. And instead of just failing us in pre-algebra, he was determined to make our lives hell. This guy's a dick. I didn't get a chance to respond to Peterson's answer. The door burst open, and in came Hall. Before Peterson could say a word, Hall grabbed him by the collar and thrust him up against the wall. This getting so sexual. Hall told Peterson that he didn't care what he could do. That if Peterson hurt another student, then Hall was going to relive his days in Vietnam on Peterson's backside. Creepy. Peterson looked terrified. I kept expecting Hall's head to explode or something, but Peterson seemed genuinely scared and helpless. Hall hit him in the stomach and told him to quit his job. Then Hall walked me to the nurse. I was wow. astonished. Wow. That night I had no nightmares. The next day when I got to school, I found out that we had subs for both Peterson's and Hall's classes. We had those subs for the rest of the week. Because they lasted forever. I wanted to go to Hall's house and see if he was okay, but it was too far to bike. The next week when I got to school, we got a surprising announcement. Mr. Peterson was no longer going to be teaching pre-algebra. Apparently he had taken a different teaching opportunity. I didn't have the nightmares ever again after that. Mr. Hall didn't get back to school for another two weeks, and when he did, he had a scar on his face, on the brim of his nose, and another one on his neck. As soon as the class was over, I asked him what happened, and he just told me not to ask. He said that it should be alright, and that Peterson was gone, and he wouldn't be back. He told me to forget everything. After that, things got better, so much so that I really thought it was over. I was able to sleep again, my grades picked back up, and I was starting to lose weight I'd gained. Best of all, we got a new teacher, and she was always on time. She, she was a great teacher, and best of all, she wasn't vindictive and didn't have any strange powers. Nothing else happened for the rest of the school year. Sadly, my friendship with Jamal never recovered, and I never saw Bethany again. Over the summer, I got a girlfriend named Laura, and I became good friends with her brother Craig. One day, when we were out riding our bikes, I suddenly felt that same squeezing sensation in my knee. 
I screamed and crashed my bike. I got pretty banged up. I didn't even care, I just started looking around. Laura and Craig had run over and helped me up, but I was terrified and not paying attention to them. I looked around and there he was. Peterson's pickup was parked on the street, and he was standing in front of it. He had the same cold, seething stare as he looked at me. Oh, man. The next thing I knew, I felt the squeezing sensation again, but not on my knee, it was on my neck. He was choking me. I knew I was going to die. Craig and Laura were trying to help me, but they didn't know that it was happening. I was blacking out. My chest was burning. I knew I was going to die. And then I heard a terrible sound. It was like thunder and a crunch of metal. Hell yeah. The squeezing sensation stopped. I could breathe again. And when I finally got up, after a lot of coughing, I saw what happened. A car crashed right into his pickup. Peterson was caught between the two vehicles and he was dead. It was Hall's car that crashed into him. I don't know how Hall knew to be there, but he had crashed right into Peterson. Hall survived the crash, but he ended up in a wheelchair from it. Wow, what a fucking hero. That was pretty much the end of it. I still have my problems with my knee. A year later, my parents split up, and I moved away from Maryland, and I've never been back. You caused their divorce. I still have no idea how Peterson did what he did. I know it wasn't normal, and you don't have to believe me. I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't lived through it. I'm just glad I did live through it. I think that was a fun little story. That was really creepy, dude. I'm genuinely creeped that, out. I think that was fun. I'm creeped. It's the kind of it's the kind of story that you could see being turned into a relatively good like horror in, indie horror film. For, for sure. For sure. I'm actually creeped the fuck out at that. It's like the antithesis antithesis. Nice. To carry. For real, yo. It's it's the idea that opposite the victim is given these powers, and the only thing it's made him do was lose his shit over, over, over everything. I'm kind of really let down about the reason why. I I kind of like it. At the end of the day, I don't... He doesn't need a reason to use his powers to do shitty things to people. I think, like... Sure. I think that's just, like, the answer. Like, he was insane. His power had made him insane. He he couldn't stand things on a human level anymore because he was above it. Or was he just a grouchy old dick? You know? I think it's a result. I think him being a grouchy old dick is a result of how he's lived his life and how he got those powers. You know, it, it made him an uppity... Looked down his nose at everyone and, you know, he he had the ability to change things, so he did. Do it in a bad way. And, and, you know, he always did it in a bad way. And that's why with great powers come great responsibility, folks. and I was hoping it was going to be some bullshit like – like I definitely see what you're saying and I agree. But I was hoping that it'd be like, oh, your grandfather fucked my wife back in the day and I taught – pre-algebra because I knew I could wreck your life type of a thing. Or just something, you know, I expected something along the lines of, like, you guys are the reason why I'm not, I, I don't teach at that college anymore. Yeah, you right. Know? 
something you guys insignificantly did one year caused me to lose my temper and got me fired. Exactly. You know? Like I've been, I, the, I followed you guys here to this school to ruin your lives because of what you, you what you ruined mine. That'd be awesome. I expected something a little bit more, you know, vindictive. Well, yeah, to yeah, happen. yeah, yeah. But I was, the fact, I but the fact that it's, it's simple, the fact that there is simple. no reason kind of makes him a bigger threat because it's unpredictable, you know. No, uh, it is. He was rationalizing with himself. You know what we said earlier in the episode about a woman, you know, will believe whatever truth they need to to, to do whatever they do. He was locked in his own truth, like a, like a true psychopath. He, he really was. He thought that by killing those kids, the world would be a better place. He and did. He believed that truth to the point where he was willing to kill for that truth. Yeah, I just, my question is... That's absolutely a great phenomenal point. That's absolutely true. <laughs> but how did Mr. Hall know to be there at that moment? I think military training, no doubt, those two weeks that they didn't see him, he was probably keeping tabs on Peterson the entire time. Probably. I think um, they allude to his military training to just say that he wasn't an idiot. Right, 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 right. I think he knew how to stake people out, and I think he knew um, he knew that he gave Peterson a warning, and he knew that, you know, he was going to hold him to it, at least, you know, for a rational amount of time. Two weeks pass, not, two weeks pass, no. Like, the whole year passes, the whole year ends, and Peterson had probably just, you know, been biding his time to when... You know, he could do something really bad to this kid when, you know, no one else would be watching because now he's not even in the school exactly. system anymore. Exactly. And I think that's when Hall really knew that Peterson was going to be, be a threat. I think he might have even, you know, he probably kept an eye on the kids for like the first like month after Peterson was let go or left his job or whatever. But I think he probably at a point stopped like looking out for the kids and said – you know, Peterson's going to be gone for a while. And then he told himself, like, no, if Peterson is a cold, calculated, manipulative person, like he is. then he's then he's thinking about the right time to strike, like right. an actual predator does. Right. Uh, Peterson, the predator. He is a, and, a sexual uh, predator. And I think he told himself, being a smart person, oh, well... It's not going to happen inside of the school system anymore. So when's the next time this can happen when he's no longer in the school system? Yeah, and that's so true because <clears throat> because I think like in that same fucking thing, if those three kids would have died from his class, they would have been like, yo, dog, like why the fuck is everyone dying from your class? And they would have started looking into shit. And that's when he would have got caught. People would have started suspecting things. They'd be like, yo, why are three kids dying? The mom died. Like, people are getting hurt in your classroom, dude. Like, why is it your classroom only? I I actually think the story dissuades us from making those kinds of judgments because Peterson has gotten away with it for so long. I think there's no doubt that if it continued to happen that more people right. would have been right. apparent to exactly. it. But to what end? Right. You know, like, <clears throat> would he ever actually meet justice no. from no, the system? No, because he quit school and he'd go to another one. But, dude, that's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking that same thing. Like, he, he's, he's like fucking a, with he's them. He's like a serial he telepathic. Was, he likes to trip people. Yeah. 
and he's fucking with him, he's fucking with him because but he also can't let go which is why he yeah. stuck around exactly. to, to really ruin that kid's like when life. someone ruins his life or does something to him he's like yo I'm gonna go tenfold in your ass first of all this guy is a petty tripping rapey old man yes he is I don't like him that, that could be that could be a fun movie. Who do you who do you cast as Peterson? Who do you cast as Hall? Oh god, that's so hard. Um, for Hall, I'd like to see someone like Robert De Niro. That would be just such a fun. Dude, role that would for be him. cool because he's done a ton of war movies. Because he's well, I would just say because he's he's like the kind of old man who is crazy now. However, like a contained like I will fucking kill you if you hurt these kids. Crazy. You know who I could see as fucking Peterson? Um, yeah. Quentin Tarantino. Not Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> not Quentin Tarantino, fucking um oh Jesus Christ. What the fuck I can't remember his name, dude. He's what old movie? as fuck. Gran Torino. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Cause he's a, just a snarling old man. He's just a snarler. And he's really old looking and skinny and like scary as fuck in general. He just creeps me out. No matter what role he's in. I just watched The Mule with him in. I was creeped out by him. He was nice. a nice guy. Nice. Um, that would be a crazy role for him. He doesn't I, do that shit. He's a hero. He doesn't usually. do that type of shit. Nah, You're right. Nah. Um, I would love it. Who would you put? It's got to be old. I'm thinking because it has to be... It has to be someone who would like a role like that. You know, like... Part of me is part of me is saying like Patrick Stewart. That'd be awesome, actually. He'd be really good at it. You know, like just a cold, cold gaze, and like he, I, w- I would remove the yelling punishment shit, but I would just have him with this like demon. You know, did you did you see Green Room? Yeah, dude. With Anton Yelkin. Yeah, dude. So Patrick Stewart has a thrilling and and terrifying performance in that film, and I think that kind of under the surface boiling anger that he lets off in that film is exactly what would make him a threat to be felt in a story like this. So could you imagine a school system where three kids are afraid of a terrifying Patrick Stewart and they're saved by a heroic Robert De Niro? That'd be wild. That'd be a crazy movie. That'd be a really good movie. That'd That'd be be a crazy good movie. And the cool part is uh, Patrick Stewart, if you put his last name first... Pat Mastu. No, no, no. I was thinking like... Hopefully, for some reason, um, it was just like C, but like S-E-A or something like that. Seward or something like that. Like S-E-W. Like Patrick C, so it would be like C. Pat's dick if his middle name was... <laughs> Stop it! Stop! That doesn't even make as much sense! If his middle name was Richard. Patrick Richard Seward. <laughs> C. Pat's dick. I'm afraid to ask you if you have anything else to add before I end the episode. Yeah, one more thing. Yeah, what's up? Start the middle of the story. You said that line from Smash Mouth and they just keep coming. All I thought of was, like, you know how you go... It was Yeah, well... No, no, no. You know how like, you go on Pornhub and it's just like cum shot videos? Yeah. I would just have a loop of... And it just keeps coming. And it just keeps coming and it just keeps coming. <laughs> yeah. And just people just coming all coming. over these girls just everywhere. I th- actually think I... Uh, you have a video like that? I actually that. think I've seen... No, no, no. Oh, Not that. I'm sorry. Not that. No, That'd be but awesome. I will. But I will play this. They just keep coming. Dude, that was a really it's, good it's, story. It's won't stop coming. Though. Won't stop coming. Won't stop coming. <laughs> that makes my fucking idea so, uh, better. So this, so this is, um, this is really <laughs> funny. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> this is what I thought of when I said that. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Here it comes. Here we go. Are you tell me you dumped it over a cum shot video? That was something you'd watch. Put some dumb trucks to come in there. <laughs> Can we end the episode on yeah, this? Yeah, dude. I hope they stop coming one day. <laughs> It's like the Mexicans at the wall right now. Too soon. They don't stop coming. That's what Trump keeps saying. They don't stop coming. They don't stop coming. They don't stop coming. They don't stop coming. We gotta build a wall. No one's ever gotten over one. He does the whole song. They don't stop coming. 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 Mm, never stop coming, dude. They never don't stop. stop coming and they don't stop coming. Don't stop coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. Don't stop coming. Oh my god. And that's where they lose me because there's no singing at that part, so they should have let it cut out for the instrumental. Oh, break. dude, they lose my validity from that point. Dude, but it's that's uh, awesome. But I'm 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 still gonna f- I'm gonna fade out. <laughs> stop coming, they don't. And they stop. don't stop coming, and they don't stop. I'm so coming. glad that you showed me that. Uh, you know who showed me that? Who? Django Phillips. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> I dude, I really want like videos like that just so. <laughs> He sends me shit like that I want all that. the time. I want it. I want like the middle of the day. People are dying. Well, the I'm next like, one he sends me, I'll send it. Yeah, send, send it to it me. To you. Send me the weirdest shit. Oh, it's gonna be like walk out of a room all sad, and then I just listen to shit like that, and people are like, "Why are you jam it to?" They don't stop. They just don't stop coming. Everyone's like, "Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean." Oh, I had fun on this here. I had fun with you too, brother. It was just as good as the. It was just as good as the other one, but for different reasons. Yeah. On this next one, I'll rein us in a little bit more. Oh, but that's but that's it. You got anything you want to end with? Nah, we're definitely just gonna not stop coming at these podcasts. So, so get used to us. get used to it, baby. Oh shit.